love the nouns, love the pronouns, impersonal and personal. Love the words from ELFM. So, good afternoon. You're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM in Studio One of Chapel FM Arts Centre. And I have four lovely people here in Studio One who will be talking about Jerusalem, the the city, the idea, the metaphor. So, uh, yeah, I'll introduce them. First of all, we have Lydia Kenaway, the poet, who is no stranger to East Leeds FM. Uh, Hello. Hi, it's great to be here. Lydia's a poet and the winner of the Flambard Prize and Poet-in-Residence for Walk, Listen, Create. Does she tell us a bit about that, Lydia, because that's fascinating. Oh, yes. Um, it, it was the, the award for winning a poetry competition uh, run by Walk, Listen, Create. And they're kind of an umbrella organisation that pulls together artists, walking artists. So a lot of sound walks, um, writers about walking you know, walking in all its manifestations. Fantastic. So it's, a, it's a really nice gig. Sounds great. Great gig. Great gig for a writer. We have Roger Harrington, who actually is no stranger to this place either. And Roger has variously been a parish priest, an actor, a writer and a politician. And he's chair of the Leeds Older People's Forum. So hi, Roger. Good afternoon. I'm trying to think when you were last here. Well, the last time I was here, we did a show. I was part of uh, a performance ensemble uh, gig um which was 20 minutes or so as various people remembering things us older people who were remembering things from our past good yeah and very good it was too and you can plug your upcoming show a bit later on and i'll i'll invite you to do a specific plug for you thank you next piece and we've got joe williams joe is a researcher a writer founder of heritage corner creator of the leeds black history walk so hiya joe Uh, Have you been here recently? When were you last here? Um, I was here a few months back and we had a nice, uh, lively discussion um, post-George Floyd. 
I remember. Yeah, of course. And we have David Napthine, who's a bit of a foreigner in the sense he's come all the way down from Durham. Uh, and David is the sort of progenitor of this pro project, and he will explain in a moment what that is. But hello, David. Yeah, it's a big word, that was. Yeah. Progenitor. I did think twice about trying yeah. to get it. I know there's lovely words. words you choose the words you don't choose. But I'll just leave it at that, shall I? I won't say it again in case I get it wrong. Thank you. But, um, but first of all, Dave, yeah, it's, it's great to have you all here and thanks ever so much for taking part in this discussion about, yeah, Jerusalem. But so why are we here? What, 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 what is the project about, Dave? Um, well, brief history is... The Arts Council has this initiative called Develop a New Creative Practice, which was out to professional artists to have some funding to look at new ways of writing and new ways of thinking. So I saw this and uh, married it with an obsession I've had with Jerusalem, not the city, but with that hymn which we heard right at the top of the show. And the question has been to me, why? Why does this piece of work resonate so much in British culture? You know, not just in religious terms, but in political, social, cultural terms. It serves as a metaphor, inst inspiration, a point of argument. And yet, it's a poem written, was it 200 years ago, 300 years ago, in a pub in Sussex. And it's about a city uh, when it was 2,000 years ago and 2,000 miles away, mm. you know, and so I'm going, why? So I've used this grant to explore creatively this idea, uh, but also to express how I want to write in different forms. So I'm taking on new ways of writing for me to see if that enables me to examine the, the idea and also be able to present it in a way that's engaging and challenging and stimulating. So you're a playwright mainly, would you yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, I'm mainly yeah. a playwright, and this isn't a play. Yeah. yeah. So what are the other forms you're exploring? Uh, poetry. Poetry? Oh, I'm a bit of a poem, you know. <laughs> um, I've been looking at uh, the structures of novel writing. Yeah. I've been looking at uh, working with approaching things through fragment writing. Um, uh, pastiche, anything like, anything like that, mm. and use it absolutely borrowing from different um, um, genres and different times. So, part of the narrative, which which is the start of what I'm writing, is I've used it. I'm very much in the 18th century format of novel writing. You know that bit where they always start uh, with a, a thing like in which our hero discovers. You know, and I thought, well, I'm going to try that to see where that takes me. I've gone up a number of blind alleys. I've made a number of mistakes. But I feel that I, what is beginning to emerge is a new voice for me. If that, if that Does that make sense at all? Absolutely. I'm sure the Arts Council will be thrilled to hear it as well. Given it's yeah, well, that's why I've said it, because I'm hoping for another grant soon. <laughs> you know, so if... You know, I'm, always, I'm always up for sponsorship. I've got my Arts Council T-shirt on. You can't see that, luckily. But um, so, well, let's 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 begin at the beginning. I mean, we've just heard some of that hymn now. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to ask you straight away. I mean, it's yeah. What 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 is the kind of effect just to hearing that has on you? I mean, I'll start with you, Joe, because actually, well, as soon as that, that music started, you you said 
wow, this is powerful, actually. But in, in what way for you, and, and what's the history of that, that piece for you? Oh, it, it, well, it, it, it does evoke that sense of patriotism and a, a sense of uh, identity, and it, it, it makes you stand up straight, really, um, and pay attention. <laughs> you didn't. You stayed seated, I have to say. But, uh, no, in my mind, I was like... <laughs> I was elevated. I felt it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah, elevated. Lydia, what Sorry, Roger. No, sorry. I was just fascinated that you should say that, Joe, because I think it, I had almost precisely the opposite <laughs> reaction on yeah. me. It brings out, it, it, um, it got so much of a, a kind of Elgar, Brits are best in the world feel about it, which yes. I've spent the last 40 or 50 years trying to react against, creatively yes. or not. Yeah. Um, and it, and it, I started hearing it again just then. I thought, because at one stage I thought, I don't like the national anthem, and this might be an option. But I de- since Dave got us to think about this, it's got nowhere near an option free anymore. For that, for that reason, it's got that kind of nineteenth-century British Empire Brits the best oh, kind of feel about oh, it. Oh, to no me. doubt, absolutely. But I, I feel this one to be more um, placating than um, Rule Britannia. Say yes. Well, I'm not thinking of that as an option. Either. Yeah, 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 yeah. If yeah. I had a choice, <laughs> Jerusalem, please. Yeah. So, Lydia, what about you? You're, you're an American by, by birth, is that right? That is correct. Yes, yes I'm a New Yorker. Yeah. Um, I came to England in 77, and not long after I arrived, I was in a pub in, I think it was Hammersmith, and I walked in and the TV was blurring and everyone was, you know, sort of spilling pints of warm beer, mm. and they were all singing And it was the last night of the proms, and I didn't know what the proms were. I thought, you know, they were high school dances. (laughs) So I walked into this sort of Hogarthian scene, and everyone was singing, and and it was an amazing song, and it was a complicated song. I mean, rhythmically, it's, it's kind of like plain song. It doesn't rest. It goes on and on, and... And I realized that, I mean, it, it, it's a series of questions. Now, the American national anthem is also a series of questions. And, oh, say, did you see by the dawn's early light, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And every time it gets to the question mark, it just sits down and puts a big, fat, full stop. And the genius of Perry and what he's done, I mean, you talk about Elgar, but it, it's really Perry's song and and Elgar's responsible for sort of inflating it um, his genius is that he he lets those questions sort of keep rolling and um, I I was I mean I, it's just sort of a a moment of my introduction to to the UK that <laughs> I'll never forget so yeah and, and that was your first encounter with it and now I still love it um, I don't have the memory bank of school assemblies, and um, yes, I can see that it's it has been hijacked um, for purposes other than you know the original purpose. Um, but honestly, you know, British patriotism compared to American is so low key. Um, you know, I can forgive it for yeah. that. Dave, yes, grab the mic. Yeah, could I just say something just interesting about the 
the first time uh, it was performed. Um, and when he was, uh, Parry was asked to put this for a piece of music, it was an organisation which I think was called Fight for Right. Yeah, and the night when it opened, Parry was so dismayed that this work, this poem, and his music, which is rather spectacular with its very subtle chord changes, um, was being used to promote the First World War, to promote a patriotism which he, you know, he didn't feel was right, you know, because uh, of, of various connections. Hence, not long afterwards, he went to Millicent Fawcett, right, uh, the suffragette, and said, do you want it? This is your hymn. This is about your aims and your objective. Hence, it's sung at the Women's Institute. So it's like quite a, a significant cultural political shift there from something which was uh, very, very patriotic and very martial and was designed to, to rouse the spirit of the country to move within a few years to become almost a battle hymn of the women's suffragette movement. Oh, fascinating. I didn't know that. I didn't know the history of that. I think Blake would have been very, very pleased with that yes. yeah, turnaround. I, mean, I, I had a, um, a, one of the scenes I've started toying with in the book, which I'm working on, is imagining Blake going to hear this for the first time, coming back home and losing it. You know, have you heard what they've done to my <laughs> Yeah, that's not what it is, that bloody poem, you know. Mm. They've well, ruined it, they've ruined it. Well, that's a good point. Well, it'd be, it'd be nice to, to actually hear the original poem, and Roger's going to read it. Um, so, uh, yeah, Let, let's hear the poem and, 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 and think about, as we're, yeah, as you're listening to it, again, just register what you, what is happening for you, almost on a, on a kind of visceral level. Uh, if, if you would, and, and try and hear it anew. I mean, it's so familiar, but, it's, but you know, just try that, try that experiment on yourself. And did those feet in ancient time walk upon England's mountains green? And was the holy Lamb of God on England's pleasant pastures seen? And did the countenance divine shine forth upon our clouded hills? And was Jerusalem builded here? among these dark satanic mills. Bring me my bow of burning gold. Bring me my arrows of desire. Bring me my spear, O clouds, unfold. Bring me my chariot of fire. I will not cease from mental fight, nor shall my sword sleep in my hand, till we have built Jerusalem, in England's green and pleasant land. Oh, actually, mm. yeah, it's, mm. it's it, I've, you know, I've never heard it read. I've just heard it in the context yeah. of the song. Yeah. yeah, it's got tones of war and and uh, battle in there, yeah. hasn't it? You know, a, a kind of we will defend, yeah. as well as painting a glorious picture. There's a lot of yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, sorry, I was going to say, it's also one of the things, it's part of Blake's canon of work. You know, Blake wrote a lot within his, within his own um, 
so we say cosmology mm. you know of how he saw the world and how he saw God and all the things like that and Jerusalem fits in very closely to that cosmology and of course we don't I don't think necessarily understand all the imagery that's been used mm. and its resonance mm. then which we might interpret differently now mm. I was I was moved by that though. Yeah. you know it's interesting I'm, I'm not moved by the but I mean I know what you mean Joe about this this the song the song make you, yeah, it yeah. does roll and it's got a wonderful just as a sound but the yeah. poem <clears throat> actually I felt very moved by that you read it very well Roger but yeah. as you were it's, reading it how did you feel well, the thing is that I've surprised myself by how, in the, as I said earlier, in the process of trying to respond to Dave's questions, I've been feeling less and less enthusiastic about the music and the poem. The poem annoys me by, as, we, as has been said before, I think these series of questions to which each one is the answer, no, and uh, did those feet, no, etc. <laughs> did all these happen, no, no, see above, no, and then a very vague, bring me my bow of burning gold. I mean, what on earth? It, it doesn't, mm. to me, to me, it doesn't mean anything. It's too vague. And it's very stirring towards the end. I will not cease from mental fight, etc., etc. Those are stirring words. But to me, it's not precise enough. And, 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 and therefore, maybe for whether, whether I just because I haven't worked hard enough to understand the imagery, I do not know. But to me, it's just too vague. And I find myself getting irritated by it. Uh, um, if, I could, if I could just quickly say that um, it... it kind of reminded me, I mean, I'm, I'm mixing uh, here, but um, President Biden's speech in Poland, and he talks about the everyday work of democracy, and that we can't give up that fight. And I, I just felt that kind of passion that we have to fight for justice, and that we won't give up. And if we had that spirit for what's going on in Ukraine, but it needs the whole world to come together for that. But it's a, it's a, it is a stirring. It is almost like a call to arms, in a way, for, for justice. Yeah, I, I felt that. But Lydia, I, yeah, I, th I think its vagueness is is one of its great, great um, strengths. Uh, I mean, a poem that starts with "and," first yeah. of all, yeah. is just crazy. Radical. Um, but you you feel that you've been dropped into an ongoing debate, and you know, yeah. an, an ongoing conversation. And I love that. And I think its, it's long-term popularity is precisely because it can't be pinned down. So people read into it what they want to read into it. If, if you're bellicose, you, you get the, all the worry stuff in it. And if you're um, you know, looking for a utopian society, you see the rebuilding in it. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's why it survived the way it has. Dave? Yeah, I think it's also useful to remember that Blake was a mystic. Yes. And part of an English Protestant mystic tradition, which has its own language and its own association. So we are going to struggle at times to find that precise meaning because I think it comes from different circumstances. I also think... He operates in this on the way of making the audience work. I'm not going to tell you what it means. What do you think it means? You use your imagination. You piece it together. There's a famous story, probably apocryphal, of William Blake walking across Hampstead Heath one morning. And he came across another artist who said to him, uh, Did you see that beautiful sunrise? And William Blake turned around and said, 
No, I didn't. But I saw the golden host of heaven <laughs> rise above the clouds, <laughs> singing hallelujah, hallelujah, praise be to him in the highest, and walked off. That might explain the poem a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I'd, yeah. I'd like some of that. Yes. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, Lydia's obviously right. It's precisely because of it can mean so many different things to so many different people that it appeals to so many different people. I mean, that, that's, that's, that's the, the magic of it, you might say. Um, I think it does come back quite a lot, though. I've still got the tune in my head. I don't mean... I, don't, I know it's not, I'm not saying it's written by Elgar at all. Of course not. It's Parry, but it's got that... To me, to me, it's got that 19th century Brits are best kind of atmosphere to it. And that, and that tune puts me off now it doesn't stir me at all uh, whereas and if there was a tune i liked maybe the words would come alive again but at the moment the tune is un undermining the words for we me we could try yeah. setting it to a different tune <laughs> That'd be interesting, there, there was someone um who realized recently that you could set all of emily dickinson's poems to uh the yellow rose of texas and oh. if you google this you find people standing around the piano singing Emily Dickinson. So, you know, because maybe... I could not stop for a death, he kind of stopped for me. When I was in uh, Birmingham, I lived in Birmingham, at the Sunday school I was forced to go to, uh, we sang Jerusalem. And um, I remember saying, you know, so why, why, why are we singing Jerusalem? Why are we singing this? And the Sunday school teacher turned to me and says, David, it's because it's a good old gob mover. <laughs> you know, and I thought, that works for me. You, know, so you can get your mouth around it and you can belt it out. It's great, it's Boston. And I thought... <laughs> That's, that's really interesting. I mean, so I, just to say, just to uh, further what I just said, I, when I th I've been involved in politics and, and, and good causes, one kind or another, in inverted commas, you know, right on stuff. And, and there's been a whole lot of songs which I found really inspiring, which have kind of kept me going. And that tune has never, ever been something I've suddenly found myself singing in the bathroom. So, I think you've made that point, Roger. Convincing. <laughs> if, if we set I, it to Chamber Wumba, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting to get. I mean, I think it's an interesting idea. I think you should come off the fence, Roger, on this one. <laughs> if you heard uh, laughter that was extraneous to the image, that, that was Henry. He, uh, uh, he's obviously clearly enjoying this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds great. <laughs> he does. He is. Uh, Lydia, you've written, I know you've got to follow all this, but yeah, if you, you've got to written a poem or a piece I have in response yeah. to the idea of Jerusalem and, and then also you've chosen a piece of music which we're going to hear but yeah are you, are you, you want to read that? Yeah I will um, give it a bit of introduction not too much um, I became rereading Jerusalem I became obsessed with this notion of utopia and it seems to me to be a kind of self cancelling concept because what seems to me make people happy is exclusiveness. So the, the notion of, you know, the brotherhood and sisterhood of men and women um, all falls apart when you're defining belonging in terms of who doesn't belong. Um, and, and I also became, I thought a lot about this notion of, of asking God to choose you yeah. And why would God do that? Um, so this poem 
is called The Basketball Team's Pre-Game Prayer is Answered. And in America, there is a tradition of, of prayers before sporting events. Teams will gather in a huddle and have a little prayer before the game. Um, so I will read The, the Basketball Team's Pre-Game Prayer is Answered. I watched you bow your heads your long arms draped across each other's shoulders, your eyes squeezed tight against the gymnasium light. I heard you thank me for the gift of sport, for fitness and the joy of competition. Gratitude and platitudes. I'm used to it. But I see inside your hearts, and there the words are, choose me, choose me. It's baffling. Your strange belief that I take sides? Tell me, why should I favor you? Are you more righteous than the other team? Or did you all think that I'd be swayed simply by this show of faith, some hurried words of praise before the jump ball? Well, this won't be the answer you were hoping for. Go play your games, sing your hymns, Worship me by my various names, but know there is no us and them. I am you, and him, and her. I am all you build, your citadels and slums, and all you cannot build. Mountain, rainforest, pasture, canyon, the heavens and the ground beneath your feet. I am day and night, gravity and flight. I am the world spinning on your fingertip. Could you arrange for every sports person when they're interviewed and claim that God allowed them to win to get a copy of that, please? <laughs> I'd be happy to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, great. Thanks, thanks, Lydia. Thanks mm. for writing in response to this thing. Dave, have you got a poem to bring along? It's got a poem. Have you written a poem in, 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 as part of your... Sorry, I can't quite hear you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll leave you there with that one. But, um, yes, Lydia, you also chose a piece of music, which we're going to hear as well. So let's... let's yeah, um, well, the, the concept of Jerusalem in America, I think, has um, three uh, distinct branches. The first one is that there were all these attempts at utopian societies in America in the 19th century. I mean, some of them are really pretty far out. Mm. They were quasi-religious, quasi-socialist experiments in towns with names like New Harmony. And then there was the promised land as identified in the concept of manifest destiny that um, is basically an excuse for imperialism. It, it's, you know, because I'm worth it as a country, we can just, you know, take over and expand. And and that also was couched in terms of Jerusalem. Um, and the third, which relates to this song, is the songs of enslaved African Americans with the use of biblical metaphors um, as a, you know, thinly veiled reference to, yes, it may be, about the River Jordan, and it may be about heaven, and it may be about Jerusalem, but it is about freedom. And um, this song, Walking in Jerusalem, uh, derives from that tradition. 
Here's a spiritual uh, tune we like very much, and uh, I'd like to do it for you right now, called Walking in Jerusalem, Just Like John. listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. We're talking about Jerusalem. We've been talking about the Blake poem. We've been talking about the Parry setting of that and how it makes us feel. Lydia's written a poem and read it. And we're going to be, yeah, back to you, Dave. And in terms of the, the new Jerusalem, tell us about that. Yes, I think quite simply, as I've been working on what I call the, the, the project we're singing Jerusalem, hence, you know, sort of about what, why we sing it, it's now become much more about, for me, the new Jerusalem. You know, the idea that there is a better world, that there is a utopia. You know, so the Russian proverb, next year, Jerusalem. You know, there's what um, the, the music we've just heard with all that reference to walking in Jerusalem and a better time to come. I'm thinking about it post-war Britain, you know, sort of was the attempt to build the new Jerusalem. You know, to make it to make it better now. The Garden City movement in this country was building the New Jerusalem, not in a real, you know, literal sense, but in the idea of the concept of better, the concept of an improved world. And uh, so that's where I'm. What I'm looking at at the moment is how we see the the meaning of New Jerusalem, how it represents itself, how it manifests itself, how it has manifested itself, and you're looking at it historically, culturally, socially, but you're also looking at it in terms of the Bible and you know the New Jerusalem descending in the Book of Revelation. So, yes. That's it. No, fascinating. And Joe, yeah, but do you have a perspective on this idea of the New Jerusalem? Um, 
connected with um, Ethiopia, and and Anna, you've you've written a play, Peter, on um, Prince Alamayu, who died in Leeds in 1879, um, and he was part of a, a very ancient empire going back to the Queen of Sheba and long before that. But around the 12th century, uh, there was a king who um, built churches chipped out of the, the hewn out of the rocks. And, and these stone churches are to represent a new Jerusalem. And that's in the 12th century, but uh, I think that kind of coincides with the fact that uh, that's around the time that uh, Muslim armies had conquered Jerusalem. So yeah. whether it was a way of resurrecting before the um, what Jerusalem represented was lost, you know, it's, it's like, let's recreate that. And uh, so I think your crusaders would have known about uh, Lalibela in Ethiopia um, and so it's it's not unique to Britain and, and that's what's interesting about the patriot patriotism there is that um, it can only be for Britain because God only blesses Britain and nowhere else <laughs> and um, in terms of a new Jerusalem can we put on Blake's visionary glasses and, and, and see a Jerusalem that means everybody. Really, yeah. Can, can, can I ask, Dave, I mean, obviously in the past, um, Jerusalem has been a way people have used that word to talk about the utopia, better country mm -hmm. and so on. To what extent do you think now people still use the word Jerusalem to the same extent to give those kind of to an expression to talk about a better better world I don't I'm not sure whether they necessarily use the term New Jerusalem but the feeling of creating something better which we can build as human beings and as a society and as a community build something which is closer to utopia or a utopia I one of the strategies I've used to research things I used to I've been around a lot of markets in the north of England just talking to people walking up to them and go so what's New Jerusalem how do you get there you know what's it look like so much has been um, interesting personal statements about themselves for example ah oh, yeah the New Jerusalem the New Jerusalem is where we are safe where we are content where we have, uh, you know, sort of a joyfulness in our day-to-day -day existence. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, where is this new Jerusalem? The answers are varied, you know, sort of from Halifax, <laughs> right, to the North Patmos of the North Pennines, to Tynemouth, to Brisbane. <laughs> I don't know what this means, but this, this, they get the sense that the new Jerusalem is something which is meaningful to them. Um, and they interpret it in the way they wish to interpret it. Though I think you're right, Roger, they might not necessarily use it in those terms of the New Jerusalem. Am I making sense here? But well, they understand I, I, I'm going to ask you a question. I just don't know the answer. I'm just no, I don't know the answer. interested to find out what you've discovered because I, I, my own sort of suspicion would be that the word isn't in current use in the way that it was 20, 30 years ago. But that's for you. I don't know. But people obviously, from what Dave's saying, maybe understand the idea yeah. of, mm. of, a, of, a, of a place, another place. Uh, where I mean, in the Ukraine, for the, at the moment, uh, New Jerusalem might be just a place where bombs yeah, aren't exactly. aren't falling. Yeah. Uh, they're not being shelled. So I mean, yeah. yeah. 
An interesting thing is you don't have to explain it to people. No. They might not use it in common currency every day, but if you say something, where would you build the new Jerusalem? They've got it straight away. Mm. I've never come across anybody in all my conversations again, I don't know what you mean. Mm. What does that mean? Yeah. And it is obviously still being used in popular song. Henry was just in fact, Henry, I wouldn't mind if you just told us about the, the band Onsind and the track that you were mentioning. Uh, yeah, hello, every- hello, dear listeners. Uh, <laughs> I'm allowed to speak behind the mic. Um, basically, On Cinder are uh, a fantastic folk punk band from Durham, and they uh, are really political as well as um, queer positive band. Um, their sister band, Martha, used the imagery of the Durham Cathedral in terms of sanctuary in a really interesting and metal metalhead way. Uh, anyway, so Loyalty Festers is a song they wrote in 2017 that uses the language, but the lyrics are Jerusalem, blood and vomit on the concrete, and it's about twisting this, this idea. It's, I don't think it's a particularly positive song about... Um, England or Britain or the UK or however you want to use those nationalistic patriotic terms but it's certainly they're a band that celebrate the alternative and the other and I think even that idea of building a better world beyond the norms like that's a political idea for the outsider the punks the the LGBTQ community to go well we'll build our own DIY spaces Um, so that's what on Sind, I think, represent really well. And I'm going to see them at Manchester Punk Festival next week. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, for, for Rastafarians, um, it's another biblical term. It's Zion. You know, yeah. looking forward to Zion, that place where there's no oppression and etc., etc. Fascinating. Fascinating. Lydia, for you, uh, yeah, any thoughts about the, any resonance for you beyond the, the thing that you've already referred to and the rather pernicious use of the, of the new Jerusalem in American kind of nationalist ideology? Uh, no, but I was interested in hearing about uh, Onsend and you know, the, the attraction for different bands. Um, Emerson, Lake and Palmer did a version of Jerusalem 1973, I think, that was banned by the BBC. And whether it was banned because it was deemed to be disrespectful or whether it was banned because it was just terrible, <laughs> I don't know. But they, they managed to take... <laughs> they managed to take every single bit that was Perry's genius, you know, not having three beats after feet, having two... Um, and and just iron it all out so that it was just bland. I mean, it's great moog on it, but <laughs> <laughs> apart from that, you know, they 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 really did ruin it. Um, and then the the uh, walking in Jerusalem, just like John, um, I find out I found out that the Incredible String Band had a song that referenced that. Um, wow. So yeah. there is something. I don't know whether it's the Glastonbury, um, you know, the, the 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 legend of Joseph of Arimathea coming to England in Glastonbury. Maybe that's what makes it kind of, um, mm. you know, yeah, across, yeah. you know, yeah. appeals yeah, across. Yeah, that, yeah, that connection was here in England. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got the historic evidence for that. Um, but I also um, think, in terms of um, going back in history to the Crusades. And, you know, you had to make that pilgrimage. And we think of Pilgrim Fathers. And I can't connect Pilgrim Fathers with Crusades because 
with a pilgrimage, you're supposed to go and come back, and then you, you, you reflect and you've learned, etc., etc. But um, with the Crusades, it almost became like, well, when Britain broke from the Catholic Church, how did that affect England's relationship with Jerusalem and in mm. terms of like Crusades? Interesting. Um, was it a case of, well, we don't have to follow the Catholic path, mm -hmm. we can create our own Jerusalem here? Um, and, well, the, the, the Crusaders went to great lengths to, to make that connection. Well, the Crusades stopped by then, so it wasn't an issue for people. I mean, nobody was doing Crusades yes. in 15-whatever yes. when, when Henry VIII said, we're off, yes. were they? So it was a, there were different questions then, weren't there, rather than, yes. shall we go on a Crusade? But that sense, are we in touch with the Holy Land? Are we in touch with Christianity? What makes the Church of England authentic? Mm -hmm. So if we have our own Jerusalem here, we don't have to think mm -hmm. about... Mm. I was thinking in terms of the music as well. I mean, Billy Bragg did a version of Jerusalem, didn't he? I think he did. Looking at me. Spotify, you're the man with Spotify. Come on, look. I was born in 1988. I don't know about Billy Bragg. Yes, we've talked about Billy Bragg. It might be quite interesting to to hear the track that Dave has chosen, Jerusalem, by... Go on, tell us about this. It would be interesting to hear it and actually just respond to it. Afterwards. Shall we hear it first? Yeah, let's hear yeah, it, let's first, hear but it you, first. Okay, let's hear it before you say anything about it. So, it's a slight change to the running order, Henry. We're oh, going to hear. We're going to. I'm a professional. Um, <laughs> so let's let's hear this. Oh, yeah, me. 
So we're talking about Jerusalem and the the idea of Jerusalem, um, and that was Jerusalem by Master KG. Dave, you chose that, so just tell us why. Why? I just wanted to show that I'm not as old as I look. <laughs> you know, is the, is the most important thing. No, I think it was uh, when I came across this, I thought interesting for me to hear the con- the concept and idea of Jerusalem being transposed into another culture. Right, and interpreted within the uh, you know sort of within the paradigms of the of the metaphor, but taking a slightly different view on it. The other thing I liked about it, which is a thing about Jerusalem, which you dance to. Yes. Right, you're not sitting down listening because I think most people probably don't hear the words, but they're up there. I'm not. I mean, I don't dance. Good Lord, no. But, you know, sort of, uh, you know, kids, you know, young people dancing to this, you know, which is about Jerusalem. Yeah. Now, that struck me as a very interesting, interesting thing, because quite often when we look at Jerusalem and all this promise as, as a metaphor, we don't have to get down Pete about her. Yeah. You know, I mean, what is it? That, there's that Russian hymn, is, is a song in the song in there, which sort of goes something like, Jerusalem. How happy I am to see you. You know, and there's this really miserable voice. And you're thinking, where's the joy? Yes. And that's joy. Yes. yes. We were talking about the play uh, Jerusalem um, by Jess Butterworth, which is going to be revived, actually, by mm. Mark, Mark Rylance, who originally played the, the the role of the... I forget his name, actually, the main character. Uh, John, John Rooster Byron. John Rooster Byron. That's an interesting, again, an interesting... Uh, mm. choice of name mm. but uh, yeah he, he played it about 10 years ago he wants to play it every 10 years he wants he wants to revive the play and play the same part every 10 years and see how it's, it's changed but, but Roger you saw it or you read it no no I was um, in answer to the question I put to Dave five or ten minutes back about is it still a word that people use well I, I, I read the play don't remember much about it but the, but the interesting thing well Joe raised the subject and um, the fact that he chose this word this 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 word as the name of the play so I thought that would be interesting to explore why he did that. 
Well, I, I read the play, didn't see it, but briefly, yeah, it seemed to be in the territory of a kind of folk England, an idea of Albion that was sort of verging on the, on the you know, I suppose it's, yeah, digging that, that sort of seam that is slightly ambivalent about to do with, you know, could be a bit National Front, it could be also quite an innocent sort of rather Cecil Sharpian sort of vision of England and you're not quite sure, but he's an, a, certainly a, an ebullient and fascinating character who you like and you hate as well at the same time. And and yeah, I'll be, I want to see the play when it's, when, it's, um, when it's out again. But yeah, so we're coming towards the end of our discussion and I, and I know it's, it's sort of invidious to be saying to be asking you uh, kind of do we have any conclusions because these are all questions but but yeah if we were going to Dave have you learned any anything this I've afternoon? I've a great deal actually it's uh, it's been interesting different insights into things <coughs> excuse me and uh, the movement the, the mention of uh, Jerusalem the Jess Butterworth play which I've read is fascinating for me because his Jerusalem is very English. Mm. You know, uh, my Jerusalem, <laughs> what I'm looking for is the whole way it moves through different cultures and times. It's not specifically about nationalism. Mm. It's not about England. Maybe it's about, for me, and the comments that have been made by our guests here, is the universality of searching for something better. You know, the constant search for there's a, something better, which it can be good and it can be bad. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Lydia? Anything, any parting thoughts about Jerusalem? No, I think I'll do a Blake and just, you know, it's all questions, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually, just to, but, but also to come back, uh, Joe, you were saying while we were listening to the, to, the, to the track just now about Blake being an abolitionist and just tying that in with what you were talking about with enslaved Africans in America. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know that. Oh right, yeah. He was he was quite a radical abolitionist, and 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 revolution. He supported revolution, so he was very keen for change, uh, as I am myself. But it's it's that duality. It's it's like a Valhalla, isn't it? It's got its dark side, because you have to you know conquer to attain the resources, in order to build that uh, <laughs> Jerusalem, um, and. Um, it, it, like the American Constitution, all men are created equal. Oh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you say that while well, you're actually owning slaves. Um, but it's the pursuit of it that's important, that we shouldn't give up on that vision of creating a better world. Can, can I just say, picking up the, may not use the word Jerusalem, but still the sort of desire for a better world, that was a very much a kind of a slogan with the whole anti-globalization movement, the international language, the various songs, Another World is Possible, Another mm. Mondo è Possibile, etc. And I mean, I have a, the modern city ramblers, as it happens, with a song with several, Another World is Possible in several languages, which is, you know, exactly the sentiment that, that Dave's been expressing, even though, of course, it doesn't use the word Jerusalem. Jerusalem to, to express it. Well, if, yeah, if we go away with that that idea, I think that's uh, yeah, that's a heartening way to go. Dave, can I just mention one thing to, to Joe's comment? When I was, I've, I've done workshops with sorry, uh, I've done workshops with people, you know, uh, exploring the idea. One of the techniques I've used is children's building blocks, you know, and splitting them into three, right? And I put one there with one group of people one there with another group of people and say, build the new Jerusalem, to which they do. 
and then I asked them to describe it. What can they say? Take me on a tour. Then I asked them for them to put themselves in there. And what can they see and hear and feel and what is it? And then the final thing I quite often do is I go, have you not finished? Well, I'll tell you what, there are some bricks there which might prove useful. Can you guess what happens next? There's a mass grab for those bricks. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I'll have them, I'll have them, I'll have them. And suddenly the whole cooperation, yeah, yeah. the whole, um, you know, we're all in this together, <laughs> you know, to, to quote, yeah. goes yeah. out of the window. Yeah, that, that sums it up. Yeah. Well, you've dampened it now. Haven't I you? have. Yeah. <laughs> you want you to finish on the positive note? Forget it. It's just not realistic. Is it? No, <laughs> we've got to be real, Dave. If if we were going to find <coughs> what you do write about all this, where will we find it? Well, how will we know when it's out? What, 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 yeah, what shall we do? What does? In what sense? Well, and you know the poems that you that you that you're working on. What are you going to bring all this together? Oh, it's all coming together. Yeah. yeah, it might all be coming together, but where will we find it? Where, well, we I don't know it? yet, because it's not all come together yet. <laughs> Once it comes together, I will tell you where it's come together, and then you can all come together <laughs> to ha- perhaps have a, a read of it. That would be very nice indeed. Would that be an exciting thing to do? It would be very exciting. So oh. I'd like to thank you, Dave. I would like to thank David, you, David, as I should call you, for, for bringing this lovely project uh, to us and giving us an opportunity to talk. And thanks to Joe Williams and to Roger Harrington, to Lydia Kennaway and to Henry, of course, being on the desk. And we will, uh, yeah, you can hit, listen to this again or tell your friends about it. It's up on the website. And we're going to hear now, because I need to be vindicated, the uh, Billy Bragg version of Jerusalem to go out. Oh, clouds on.